afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, today I just want to reflect on the love of God. By the way, it's so hot in Lagos. It's so hot. It's not even, you know, it's still in the morning. The sun is not up, but it's so hot. It's just so hot. Anyways, if you're in a cold country, just thank God because honestly, <laughs> you know, as much as I hate the cold, I think this heat is just too much. It's too much. It's too much. Anyway, so I just want to, I'm just reflecting really on, you know, the presence of God and how we have Jesus always with us. And, um, you know, there are certain verses in the Bible that. They are just there for me. They're like my go-to scriptures. They're just like pillars for my faith. And every now and then I find myself going back to them. You know, it's almost like your favorite chair in the sitting room. You know, when you want to rest, you look for that chair because you know it's going to deliver. And, you know, other times you may not, you know, you may use other chairs and all that. But, you know, you know you, that favorite chair, it's there for a reason. And when you really, really need that support, comfort you, you look for that chair you head for it you lay back and the chair delivers that's how some verses of the scripture are for me and this one that where jesus says at the his last words really in um as recorded in the book book of matthew in chapter 28 after telling the disciples about you know telling them to go into the world and preach the gospel to everybody else that they you know what they have received from him they should share it with others they shouldn't keep it to themselves he just his last sentence that was recorded is that i am with you behold i am with you always even until the end of this age i had reflected on this verse i think about seven episodes ago but like i said because this is one of those like i said go to go to verses i keep coming back to it and it came back again to me this morning and there's a lot to unpack in that um, in that line alone. He says, he will, it ends, okay, so it's verse 20 of Matthew 28, and he says, teaching them to observe, okay, let me start from verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And he says, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And um, he says, I am with you always. There, there's a lot... Back in that one line, on one hand, he says, I am with you always, which is on its own pretty phenomenal for him to say that he was leaving them physically and he says, I'm going to be with you always. That That's really saying a lot because so what he's saying is that I'm going as I'm going with my physical body as a man, but I will be with you always as God in my deity, my divinity. I am with you always. And you know what always means? Always means always. Always means 24 hours a day. It means 7 days a week. It means 30, 31 days a month. It means 365 slash 366 days a year if you're in a leap year. It means every minute, 60 seconds of every minute. Always. And I think that in itself is something that is worth sitting resting and marinating my spirit and my soul in the fact that he's with me always because sometimes you don't it doesn't feel that way you know sometimes it doesn't feel like he's with me always. sometimes it feels like he's not there sometimes it feels like he's silent although these days i sort of recognize that 
I understand better now that his silence doesn't mean a, a lack of presence. I mean, if you're married, you know this thing. Like if you're in a relationship with a with a with a bad, right? You know, you know, guys, they can be just quiet. I mean, you be talking, 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 and they're just quiet. And like you, you could say like. 15 paragraphs of words and then they come back with okay and you're like really is that all you have to say to everything i've been saying but yes they're listening and when you see them acting later on you'll find out that he was actually listening even though he didn't say much you know i mean i had an example like that recently where i was complaining about the the toilet in my in, in the master bedroom in our room and i was just complaining i'm complaining and i before i knew anything the guy came back he didn't say a word and he came back with a new toilet and I was like, I didn't, I was like, I didn't even know you were listening. You didn't tell me you were listening. You didn't say you were going to go and buy a new one. I just wish I had bought a new one. And I was like, and I started thinking, oh my goodness, but I, am I sure I want a new one? I was just complaining that I didn't like this one. But then a new one, am I sure it would, you know, be as solid as this one, you know? But I, I couldn't now say anything because I had complained. But you know, the difference between the way men and women and the way they interpret things so i would probably have preferred to have a conversation around yes this is, yes this toilet is bad you know it's, it's really bad okay so what can we do about it do we fix it do we make it better or do we buy a new one but he didn't say a word but went out and bought a new one so clearly he was listening but he was silent throughout so there was no indication that he was listening to me none whatsoever none but apparently he was and he went out and he did accept so here i am getting a new toilet simply because i ranted and raved about it last week so um it's the same thing i thank you holy spirit for chipping that in and even this morning i was just reflecting on my goodness he actually acted on what i said whereas i wasn't expecting him to act on it i was just venting so it's similar it's a bit similar to how it is sometimes with god sometimes we are complaining or we're upset about ten things going on in our lives. You may not even be complaining. There's a real horrible situation that you're dealing with and you're just pouring out your heart to him. It sounds like he's not listening. It sounds like yeah I mean you're just talking into the air. Like, you know, when Hannah was praying to the Lord concerning, you know, the fact that she wanted a child in the Old Testament in the book of Samuel. It was it was you know, it it felt like I mean I've, this is a prayer I've been praying for so long. How do I even know God is even listening? But he was he was listening very attentively. In fact, she had his full attention. But she did, there was no, there's no way of knowing because he's not a human being like we are. He doesn't exist in, in this realm physically. But he was there. And I think that's the thing. And I think it's important for me as a Christian to, uh, to continue to meditate upon that fact. Jesus said, I am with you always. In, in, in the four seasons of the, of the year, if you are a four-season nation or resident person, in the two seasons of the year, if you are in my own kind of um, climate where we have dry and wet season, night and day, he's with you. Sickness, health, you know, rich, poor, pain, sorrow, he's with you. He's with us always. So he then ended by saying, even unto the end of the world, I, like I said, there's a lot to unpack in that last line. There's a lot to unpack. Because what he's telling his disciples is that there will be an end of this current age. And what he's saying is that, so regardless of whatever it is you face in this life, there will be an end. Some it will be because their lives will come to, 
an end. Others it will be because they will be living when they when he brings this age to an end. When he brings this age to an end, Christ will come back visibly. The mask between the veil between the physical and the spiritual realm will be will be will be lifted. Because what has happened, and I and I reflect on this a lot because I notice that people who do evil things they thrive on the fact that they know that the veil, this current age has provided a veil for evil. Some people have evil thoughts. You don't know. It's possible for you to be living with a serial killer. You don't know. It's possible for somebody to want to harm you. Except God reveals it to you. You will not know. The thoughts of men are hidden. You know, and evil is hidden. Now, you find out that people who are innocent and righteous, good people, they always want to open up. They want to share their thoughts. You know, they don't, they, they see no, they, they, they have no value. They see no value in hiding you know, their, their thoughts, their pain, their sorrows, the things that they need. If they, if they find a willing air, they will open up. But the people who are very evil, they hide those thoughts, you know. So this current age as it is, pays to them. They, you know, it, it's convenient, it's, it's conducive to them because it provides, it provides a cloak whereby these serial killer and the innocent person can enter the same bus, sit side by side, and no one will be any the wiser that even though these two human beings look the same, they are as different as a tiger can be from a mouse. So that's the age we're living in. And that's why Jesus warned the disciples that, behold, I'm sending you in as sheep in the midst of wolves. This world that hides the thoughts of men and, and has made the spiritual realm hidden to us except god reveals that except for the people who operate through the power of darkness in that kingdom so most people don't even believe that there's a spiritual realm because it's hidden whereas before the sin of garden and the sin of adam the there was how would i say intersection between the physical and the spiritual realm which is why the serpents could come and be talking to eve in the first place but immediately they sinned the first thing that god did was to cast them out of that garden. That garden had an intersection between heaven and earth, which is why God could be coming and walking and talking to them in that garden. They cast them out. And from that point, the veil between the spiritual and the physical persisted. And then men only became conscious only of themselves. But what had happened, they now fell under the subconscious control of the evil spirits in the spiritual realm. So they're controlling, but you cannot see them. Because if you see them, if you could, if you could see them, when we see them coming, at least we we'll prepare ourselves that okay, they are coming. But when we, because we can't see them, you know, you can't resist them. Which is why the word of God is so important. Because the word of God helps us to understand how God is and recognize Him, so that when the devil comes, you know that this one, you you, you don't know even if you don't call it the devil, you know this is not God. And this is how, honestly, this is how um, God has helped me actually to be able to recognize the contrary spirits operating in certain people's lives over time. I remember reading somewhere where someone said that um, in when they want to teach, I think it's in the U.S. or wherever, maybe generally um, in currency um, training, when they want to teach a bank officer how to spot a counterfeit, they make them they don't they don't show them counterfeits but they show them the original and make them so acquainted with the original that when a counterfeit shows up they immediately know this is not the original and i think that's excellent because really if you spend all your time studying fakes 
you 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 won't even know when you get i mean really i don't think it's a helpful exercise at all it's actually much more makes more sense for you to be so it's the same thing with designer clothing if you're used to designers immediately you see a fake you'll know it when you can get fooled by a counterfeit is because you have always been you know you've been you've been in the counterfeit market so you really don't you really do, you have more <laughs> you're more accustomed to the counterfeits than to the fake a bit to the original so so you 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 get fooled by a very good counterfeit but if you have been the same thing with gold and jewelry you know it, for me even um quality fabrics you know you immediately i walk into a shop the the fabric that ca- catches my eyes i'm talking lace fabrics like that we wear in nigeria by the time I get to hear the price point or the quality, well, I mean, I even have an eye. I, I can't, I'm not into the designer fabric thing, but quality fabrics, oh my goodness, my eyes, yeah, because, you know, and, and even to some extent, I would say clothing as well in terms of the detailing, the cut, you know, the texture of the fabric, you can always tell the difference between, you know, yeah, you can always tell, really. But that's because I have been exposed and I think to a very large extent to the original. So I can quickly spot the fakes or the not so, you know, yeah, the not quite authentic. So it's the same way. The, the more time we spend with God and his word, it becomes easier for us to then know when something is not right and it's not right in a very, very wrong way. And it's it, it, particularly if, if it's now looking like this is really looking like it's, it's spiritually wrong. This is deeply wrong, you know. Like some, you know, I, I, I like to use the example of serial killers because some of them, you don't need anybody to say that there's something wrong that is beyond the normal. You know, this is just not, there's no, you know, you can't, this is, there's something really wrong here. So, um, so he says, it's, you know, he's with us always, even until the end of the age. He's not physically with us, but he's spiritually with us. And it's important for us to grow in our knowledge and understanding of that. It's important for me to grow in my knowledge and my understanding of the fact that he's with me always even unto the end of the world and that the end of the world will come for me either when I leave this body or when the world comes to an end most likely well who knows whenever but until that time he's with me and he's with me because I am his and he is mine and because he sees me as a garden of Eden on this earth a place where heaven and earth intersects because in those days, the Garden of Eden was a place. But now the Garden of Eden is not a place anymore. It's now Christ, It's now a life. It's now a vessel. That's why we are called the Temple of the Holy, Holy Spirit. And that's why God says we should keep our bodies, you know, holy as God is holy. So we are, we, we are the place where heaven connects with the earth, the light of the world. I am that place. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is you speaking to me. I'm that place because God is here. God is in me. And, you know, again, this goes back to, this is the Holy Spirit. This is why he makes me do this music. Because he literally teaches me every morning when I do this. Again, I I always, this is the difference between, and I must say this to everyone. If you know that you are in a, church or a faith gathering or a body whatever that is not giving you meat it's not it's not giving you enough of scripture and word teaching to to make you have a rounded sense of the gospel 
please get into the Bible yourself. Go to BibleProject.com, watch the videos, buy Dick's Bible, buy a good reference Bible. Start reading the Bible on your own. Have a daily Bible reading program. I honestly think, honestly, a lot of times when I listen to Sunday preachers, I'm like, I'm ho- I hope these people are not living only on this because they are just feel-good teachings most of the time. They can't take you through the storms of life. I'm sorry. They can't. But they are feel-good. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they deliver on that. You know, it's like going to a concert. You know, it's they deliver. They actually deliver. But after you've left, you've gone back home, your problems are still there. Your thoughts are still with you. And that's why society isn't changing. That's why we're not differentiated. Because people's lives are not changing. And I'm not talking about buying house and getting... I'm talking about in the sense of the core at the core of my heart and of my soul. Am I a reflection of the power and the presence of God? Are people being impacted by me? And I'm not talking of giving cash. I'm talking of lives being changed. I'm talking of souls. You know, people's, you know, having life-saving grace and power and, you know, experiencing God through me, through my life, through my ministry. Anyway, I'll just leave it there. I'm just reflecting on Matthew 28, 20 here. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And I think the Lord has just opened up another um, topic that I should probably muse on at another time. You know, this whole concept of temple of God and the fact that I am actually the place where Jesus is. Because there is no physical place. And, you know, even though we like to say we have churches and altars and temples... God has already said that the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. But the place where he says he is now dwelling is in the hearts and in the lives of men. I think this is something we, I would need to spend some more time musing about. Because, you know, one thing I don't want, and I think that's my motivation in a lot of my relationship and my work with God, is I don't want to get to heaven and I, oh my, oh my goodness, I wish if I had known this, I, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to get to heaven and start you know, and the Bible talks about it. Weeping and people that are gnashing their teeth. That's why they are gnashing their teeth because they're like, oh, opportunity lost. I don't want to be one of those gnashers at all. I want to get to heaven like how Paul, before Paul died, he knew he was going to be killed. He said, I have finished my course. I have fought the fight of, of, of faith. I fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my course. Now it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. <clears throat> Excuse me, not for me only, but for all whom the Lord will. You know, um, you know that we get to that stage as well. He got to the point when he actually could say that, and you know, he was he was, he wasn't saying I have become the most perfect. He was saying I have I have run my own race. So he knew. Yes, it doesn't mean I I will know everything that I, everybody else will know, but the race that I was supposed to run, I have run it. So, what I'm happy about in my life right now is that I, for the first time in my life. I feel like I'm actually running my race. I am running my own race. For the first time, I've been running other people's race. They've been leading me by the nose. I am finally, in my 50s, running my own race as led by God. But I'm nowhere near finishing it. No, 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 no. I have just started to run my own race. I pray that the Lord will enable me to run it with patience, with determination, with focus with strength, with grace, and with his might, and that may I finish it to the glory and the praise of his name, and that the purpose for which the Lord designed that race for me, through me, 
by me, by his grace and by his power, using me as a vessel, as a runner, that may be fulfilled, not only in my life and in my generation, but the impact for generations to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.